From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode 553. Today's show is brought to you by Uni Pizza Ovens and ExpressVPN. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad. Hey, buddy. How's it going? Good. I'm excited for today's episode. Oh, yeah? Why is that? I mean, I am too, but like, do you have a specific reason? I'll tell you later on. Oh, nice. It's not just that I'm here and you get to talk to me? That's always good for me. That's oh, just a good okay. time. You know, okay. like Wednesday afternoon's a good time. Just get myself a nice latte from the little <laughs> coffee shop nearby. <laughs> Sit down, talk to my buddy Brad for about pens for an hour. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? How bad can that be? I mean, it does not get any better. Like, I don't during think the week it does. I don't think it does. It does. Well, I, I'm excited to, to follow up on this first topic. <laughs> Maybe it could get better <laughs> if instead of a latte, I had a sweet juice milk. It, it could it could be a little bit better. I don't know. I don't, maybe a classic natural smoothie, which we're going to get to in just a minute. Um, so we talked about the sweet juice milk last week. Like I I love the silly little you know Japanese stationery stories that we get. Right. So this was the Pilot Juice tenth uh, anniversary release that we discussed last week. It's called Sweet Juice Milk, and it's these pastel Pilot juices in this great kind of like you know. Manila colored barrel, cream colored barrel. They're just really good looking pens, even though like the inks may not be good, but we were mostly just, you know, making fun of the name. So I was uh, browsing as one does at uh, over at Jet Pens and seeing what new stuff came in. And I saw these pictures of all these new pilot juices that look like exactly like the sweet juice milk that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. And they're not. <laughs> and I'm upset about it. I was hoping to get some uh, sweet juice milk in, you know, here in the US. And I wonder now if we're actually going to get them because uh, Jet Pens has what's called, they look, the pen barrel is identical, right? That that cream colored, classic vintage looking um, pen barrel and new juice colors. So the sets are called Classic Good Morning and Classic Good Afternoon. Okay, so there's a three pen set for Classic Good Morning and then there's a three pen set for Classic Good Afternoon. So if you combine those two sets, Mike, if you got the the combination set of six pens of the three classic good mornings and the three classic good afternoons, what would you call them? <laughs> I, I mean, it's a good simple question. Good day or something? Classic yeah, good, good day? day? Good evening. Good night. Uh, we're going to go with classic natural smoothie for that, Mike. Just so, <laughs> so the combination pack of the three good morning pins and the three good afternoon pins is called classic natural smoothie. I just now, wanted to go on the record. I was trying to like work this one out, right? And I was like, oh, so like natural smoothie, it's got like a picture of like a bunch of fruit on it and stuff. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So like when you put all the flavors, quote unquote, that are the colors right. together, you'll get a natural smoothie but the morning and afternoon doesn't logically read to me as morning and afternoon so the morning is kiwi banana and blueberry the afternoon Mm -hmm. is orange strawberry and mint i think Mm -hmm. and yeah so they don't even necessarily read as good morning and good afternoon like why can't a strawberry be in the morning and a banana kind of be in the afternoon it's so weird it's so it. weird. I love and what it. Bugs, what bugs me even more is that, like, the writing samples on jet pens, they're just calling them, like, the color of the ink. Like, the blue is, like, what is the blue? I've already forgot. <laughs> uh, anyway, classic so they're just, just like, yeah, it's just like classic blue, classic red. I was like, man, I, this is just a letdown from, like, sweet juice milk. Like, I, yeah. I was just excited, and this is what I get, and, like, I'm just disappointed. Because <laughs> these are them, disappointed. Right? Like, the colors, I think the colors are different, right? These right. are more like traditional vintage yeah. colors, like the Zebra Sarasa clip vintage colors, right? They do kind of more yeah. dust, dusty blue. They dust, dust dust up the colors a little bit, mm-hmm. right? So they're not as bright or vibrant as just like a straightforward blue or straightforward red. And uh, these are just like, I don't need any of these colors. It's a straight up letdown. So like Pilot was in my good graces for like one week and now mm-hmm. we're back to this, so... Anyway, I just thought I'd bring that up. That's my sweet juice milk follow up. Now, now I'm like pinned in. If if I can get the sweet juice milk, I'm just gonna have to get them because just to show this set of of pen colors, what's up? Like this ain't it. So I got some uh, some follow up sent in to penaddictfeedback.com from Jill or Gil mm, Gil maybe G I L hmm? Gil. 
Gil says, for Yvonne, who is studying Russian, I study languages as well, and my go-to notebook for writing endless verbs, nouns, rules, and sample sentences is the Studio Neat Tote Book. It's dot grid, so you can decide if you need to use two rows of dots or one, and basically write any size that you like. They also lie flat, uh, and you can take them anywhere. The paper takes any kind of ink. I throw out overall one of my favorite notebooks. I agree for everything except, like, I don't know how to use it for languages, but I mm-hmm. really love the tote book. It's a fantastic uh, notebook. It's what the original thesis of Journal was based on because I love exactly. it so much. Yeah, the tote book is a great product. I was thinking more of an, uh, I was looking for like uh, square footage, you know, when I'm thinking about like mm-hmm. writing practice, right? So I was looking in the, like the A4, yep. like the big category. Yep. But like the tote book is just like a genuinely good notebook. Um, the point stands about the dot grid. That was the comment I was making on grids or mm-hmm. dot grids that you can have your letter heights at one, two, or three lines, right? It, it's good practice to not have blank. Um, for these these types of notebooks, it, even line would be fine. You know, you use one, two, or three lines to to space your uppercase, lowercase letters, your your different shapes and things like that. Um, it's a good balance. But like the t- the tote book is just like a good quality portable notebook, right? Like you can't argue with that one bit. Yep. Speaking of good and quality, Mike, I have found a fondness for the Novelur Original Plus. So what this is, is their latest fountain pen release. Um, They started, I can't believe it's only been since 2019 that uh, Narwhal, now Novelur, started um, at the DC Pen Show. So it hadn't even been four years. And the first fountain pen they designed was called the uh, Narwhal Original. Mm -hmm. And it was good piston filling, like 40 40 dollars, I think it was, maybe $45 fountain pen. Great price, great quality pen. Enjoyed it. And, you know, they've really done a lot over these three and a half uh, coming up on four years. The amount of discussion that we've had around them, good and bad, right? Like, I, I cover all this in my review. This is basically me, like, talking about this mm-hmm. review that I did of the the newest model. And I kind of cover, like, they have been through a lot in, like, three and a half years. And there's a lot of discussion around their products. There's always something going on with them which just as someone who makes things and you too like i can't wrap my head around like the pace and the scope and the volume that they come that they put out it's like it's like mind-boggling in my head but like it's kind of impressive at the same time so back to the original plus it is it's a take on their original piston filler and now it's a vacuum filler and it's 55 dollars, right that's the main selling point here is that it's a good quality maybe even great quality um, based on my month or few weeks with the pen, vacuum filling option that's really cost effective, really high quality, really fun, right? Like it's a fun pen to use. Like not all of these pens in like certain price points. Like we don't talk about, and, and no offense to these brands, but like we don't talk about Cross and Schaefer and Waterman in these price ranges because they're they're just kind of boring classic pens. Like we've we've been there and we've done that, right? This is a little bit fun, right? It's it's like a two-tone barrel, like it's a clear demonstrator barrel in the center. The one I reviewed has white cap with uh, rose gold trim and there's a black um there's a black plastic model as well, right? It's a plastic pen, steel nib, but with a vacuum filling system in the but 50, They also have color models too, right? Yes, and that's a um, they have based on the original, which I, I don't love these names because it's hard, it's hard to discuss them clearly. The originals were in these swirl colors, um, green, blue, yellow, and purple, or like a magenta color, right? And translucent, right? With these swirls, so you can get that in the original plus. Those were the first ones to come out, um, the swirly ones that mimic the original, mm-hmm. original, mm-hmm. and <laughs> now, <laughs> yeah, see where I'm at, yeah. Um, and then they came out with the new original plus with the vacuum filling system in those same colors and now have made, I don't know, I guess you call these special limited editions. They did 500 of the white barrel ones and 500 of the black barrel ones. Like it's not super limited, mm-hmm. um, but for $55 and 500 of each color, like that's something that would go pretty fast because you don't have to think too much. Like if someone like myself who's experienced with this, like that's an easy purchase for me. But if you're someone new to fountain pens, like that's a very expensive pen, right? Like I I don't discount that whatsoever. 
and it's really good. Like I've had a good experience with this pen. They have tweaked, at least from what I'm seeing, the nib tipping. That was always my hang up with Novelure nibs. Their in-house design nibs had a lot of tipping on the point of the pen. And for me, in the way I write, it proved it, the the original review I did of the original was a little bit inconsistent, right? It was like a medium nib and just like a brick of tipping on there. And it was just like, I didn't enjoy the experience. It wasn't a fountain pen writing experience for me, but some people like that. But as someone who writes with a finer line and needs more control over their lines, it didn't really suit my style. Well, now I have a fine nib in the model of the original plus that I reviewed Mm -hmm. and the tipping seems to be more refined, right? It's shaped a little bit better. It's not as bulky and the lines are what I expect from a steel fine nib. Like you just take your regular Yovo fine steel nib line expectation or your Bach fine steel nib nib expectation. And I'm getting that now from Novelor, which I didn't used to. It used to be like my fine would write like a medium and on upwards, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think they have a real winner on their hands here. And I'm curious, like they have a few different models of pens. And I'm wondering if this is now going to be kind of like the core model, even over the standard piston filling original, which like has gotten good reviews. And, you know, there's been a lot of store brands and collaborations with that. What they've tended to do is have the Nautilus is kind of like their showpiece model. Like that's the starting at like 125 models, but then they use like Ebonite, right? and different materials and diamond cast and whatever, and do all these different store brands for these um, material, these pens that go from like 125 to like 175 with steel nibs and then like 250 and with gold nibs. Um, Like that's kind of their signature models, but I'm wondering if this is going to be like their core offering, like a Twisby Eco or like a Twisby 580. And that's the question that I got the most from this review. It's like, okay, explain to me um, why I should like this better than the Twisby Eco or the Twisby 580. So I think that's the competition. Okay. So I was asked specifically, okay, if you have the Twisby Eco and the Twisby 580, and now you have the Narwhal Original Plus, rank them. And I was like, oof, (laughs) that's a pretty tough question. So the way that I ranked them, and I'm not necessarily including price in here. It just ended up this way. I think the Twisby Eco is the best of those three. And it's not because it's like $15 or $20 cheaper. I just think it is just a rock solid pen. And I enjoy it uh, very much writing with it. And I enjoy the style. And they're the 580, uh, excuse me, the Eco and the Original Plus are similar in design to where they have that translucent barrel, but like the caps and the... Uh, the piston knob or the vac knob in in the case of the original plus are the color of the release, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's just constant echoes and constant colors. And I think the eco, if they're side by side, I'm going to pick the eco, but I think I'm going to pick the original plus over the 580. And I literally have a 580 sitting next to the original plus right now that I'm testing an ink in. I don't know. Maybe it's just the new, the new newness of it all, right? That I like it, but it's really comfortable to write with. It's slightly lighter, maybe smaller than the the five eighty. Maybe not. I don't know. It's just I've really enjoyed this pen, and yeah. to the point where I'm almost surprised at how much I enjoy it. I think it's great to have this pen in this price point. Um, is the end result of this whole conversation. This price point for this pen in this market, I think is great. And I think it's going to be an option for a lot of people. And like a lot of things, I'm interested in what the next one is, right? The original plus came out uh, with the color barrels. And like, I think like people were into it. And now for some reason, this one seemed to turn the corner a little bit on just the awareness of this model. So now I want to see, I want to see what's next because uh, I'm clearly raving about it. And I, I've, I've just used it almost every day for like weeks. It's great. I bought one. Oh, nice. Yeah, I have it. I've had it for a few days. Uh, I thought I would surprise you with that information. You very much did. Because this is the first pen that I've bought in a, I don't even know how long. Like, yeah. just like a fountain pen, like at this, especially in this kind of price bracket. 
Yeah, you usually save your purchases for shows, and you yeah. just hadn't been to any. Yeah, and so I thought I, you know, you. I think you referenced it in refill before. Yeah, the I've, ta- I've been talking about it for a few weeks. And so, I, and you were saying like everyone's raving about it. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. let me see what uh, I went with one of the the translucent swirly ones because I just think yep. visually it's more attractive. Like it's cool. Yeah, I don't like the white one that you have. Like there's something like the grip section seems like it's drawing color through. So it's kind of like gray, and I think that mm-hmm. that looks that makes it look kind of cheap in a way to me. Um, and agree. Right, where I think the black model wouldn't have that and neither did the color versions because they're just all demonstrator. Because what you're seeing in the grip section is you're seeing the feed, right? That's yep, the, you're the seeing the housing, the, the nib housing. Yeah. It screws into that white translucent yeah. part. And if you just sit it next to the cap, which I took a picture of that specifically, it's very clear. Yeah, you can see it. And that's a shame. That, But yeah, this to me is like about as good as a $50 steel nib pen could be. Like... Mm-hmm. It. I bought a broad nib just for okay, fun. That was my and question. It, it feels fantastic. It's very smooth. Mm-hmm. Like you could trick me and tell me it was a gold nib, and I'd probably believe you, right? Like mm-hmm. a, it, you know, it feels very, very comfortable to me. Um, the line width. The line width is good. It's not too much. Uh, I'm. I've been very happy with that. I like the overall look. The, 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 the mechanisms. The piston filling mechanism. The instructions the were not filling. good. Oh, okay. I didn't even look at the instructions. So I, you know, I just wanted to double check, but the the instructions just tell you to just untwist the cap and like mm-hmm. the the end piece, and then just twist it back again. Like it doesn't actually tell mm, you you need to, to pull it. Pull it. <laughs> like, and no I way. knew that you needed to pull it, but it made me second yeah. guess myself. <laughs> no, I didn't see that. Because I it wonder. Was like, I wonder if they. I wonder if it's the wrong instruction set in there. It's very possibly because because the piston you don't need to, but the vac you have to pull it out and then like snap it down. I think that because it just says before getting started, gently twist the end cap counterclockwise, dip the nib into the ink all the way. That's where it's submerged. Keep the nib submerged. Gently twist the end cap clockwise until it's back in its original position. Yeah, that's a piston. Yeah, and you you have the original plus, right? You have the vacuum with like the the post in it and everything, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's yeah. the whole thing. Like it looks yeah. just like your one, right? But just different. And I double checked like three times that I got the original plus. All right, but- my box is my box is in in reach. I'm I'm opening up because what's funny? Did your box come with the the old narwhal marketing on it? No. Yours says Novelure on it? Mine says Novelure on it. My box okay, doesn't so, look like your box. Mine's white with the new logo on it and stuff. So mine came directly from them. Let's see. Okay, yep. Mine is the piston filling uh, user guide. Yep, yeah. so I have the same thing you do. This is not compatible with the pins that we got. Okay. Yep, I have the same one as you. Wait, but, you know, I knew how to do it. Like I did have like a shaky moment where I was doing it. That's uh, funny. And it kind of like just all of a sudden, like a bunch of ink just like went poof. Into it. And I was like, yep. oh no, did I actually do this wrong? <laughs> like I, I was starting to freak myself out a little bit because it's, mm-hmm. it was like, it, it put that doubt in my mind. But yeah, I knew how to do it. And I had a similar thing to you. I got it to like 40% full and then did it again mm-hmm. and got it to like 70% full, yep. which is fine. Mm-hmm. You know? And mm-hmm. I feel like if I just kept going for long enough, I would eventually get a pull on the ink that would be closer to maximum. But it's just like... Ain't nobody got yeah, time three's, for that. Three is the magic number, but like I never worry about filling yeah. a vacuum filler to ninety plus percent full because it's so much ink. No, but like you know, it, this my initial use of the pen, I was like, "Oh, it's big," because I mean mm-hmm. that that's that is a typical feeling I have about vacuum filling pens. So they, they tend to be a little on the larger side for me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's just so much that's got to go on. But in after I got used to it. It didn't take very long. Uh, I found this a very comfortable pen to use. I think it looks very fun. Um, I like the 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 model I got. I went with what the color? green one. Green, okay. It is the original plus ultra font green, uh, nice. and it's it's like a clear, slightly green acrylic with these acrylic swirls in them. But what I actually like about the swirls is they are very subtle. Mm-hmm. which is not what you usually see. So it's like a little bit different that way. Um, the clip I don't like so much. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, as you were talking about comparing this to the Twisby, I think the Twisby's design is a little bit closer to my, fe- like to what I enjoy. Um, I think that the Twisby right. Eco overall design language 
is more my speed. Um, mm-hmm. But this is a pen I would heartily recommend at its price point. Like I think that this feels very, very good for its price point. I think, and I've, and I've really enjoyed using it. Um, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I think what that why I'm excited is that we actually have an option now yeah. as opposed to Twisby. Not everyone likes the Twisby style like you and I do. Not everyone yep. likes the Twisby like quality. Like some people have a lot of issues with them. I've never really had a problem with that. Um, so now there's an option that's like completely on a level playing field, right? It's like just the exact same idea, the concept of product that's different. And it's just different enough for to give people another option in this category that has been really really dominated by a few few pens and most of them just twisbies right so yeah, yeah i think that's what i'm most excited about i will say i agree with you on the clip uh design i prefer the twisbies clip it just feels sturdier um but yeah like it's it's a good option to have you and you did surprise me uh what ink did you use that's what i need to know next Oh, you see, it's one of the mm. Sailor Ink Studio inks. Oh, so yes, that's all you need to say. Like, and it I, doesn't matter. It's I a number get something. To write it down, and <laughs> yeah, I, I had something. to rush out of the door yesterday. Like, I had to fill it mm-hmm. and leave. Uh, mm-hmm. It's one of the green ones. Gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> number something. Sailor Ink Studio. Number green. You know. Yeah. Yep. That's that's a that's an entire podcast on uh-huh. its own, which I think we've we've covered. All right, well, good. I have decided personally, I could just use Sailor Ink Studio inks forever, and I would never need anything else. That is, I would be on board with that. Like, that's yep. a completely fair statement. That's all. It's basically all I want. I have all of the colors mm-hmm. that I like, and the quality and is is fantastic in all of them. Like, I could just use those forever, and I'd be happy. Yep. I wish it was just Uncom- easier to remember which one was which. <laughs> so in the in the bottles, they have little stickers that you can put on your converter. Have you seen those? Yeah, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, it's really cool. But it's, it's like more you never like, use it. I can remember like, the names of other inks, right? Like mm-hmm. I know fire and fire. I know what that is. I know what right. like fire and ice. Like I, know, you know, like the, that's the great thing about the Robert Oster inks. Like you can remember the names. Mm-hmm. Or even honestly, even the Orochizuku inks, you can remember the names. For me, though, just like a series of three numbers, it's like it's impossible. Right, right. And I think there is, God, is there over a hundred of them? I can't remember the exact number. Mm. There's a lot, like up into the high, like double digits, or maybe over a hundred. I can't remember the total, but yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> Could there be over a hundred? If there was over a hundred, I don't know. It fit in three numbers, would it? I I don't math that well, so I don't know. I just oh, know because no, they, they use they use. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I, for some reason I was thinking yeah. that they only use one number sequence, but they use random no, no, no. number yeah. sequences from anywhere. Yeah, it's not random. They can have up like, to a thousand. Yeah, yeah, they could have up to a thousand, but it's actually not random. It's there's some old posts on on how to decipher. Yeah, the I number saw this convention in the San yeah. Francisco Pen Show once. They had like a whole thing uh, where they mm-hmm. had a chart. And they mm-hmm. had like the this is how and why we number them this right. way. It's right. like this one is specific for this limited edition and it means this and it, it's like a whole thing. All right. So Kate's got our instant fat fat check. Um, there's exactly 100. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, perfect. Perfect. Well, let's put that link in the show notes since oh, we just rambled on about it. Yep. Mine is one of mm, it's either 460 <laughs> or 462 or it's Isn't one of the 700 funny? ones. Yep. That's so funny. I think it might be 731, so, but... It's one of the 100. Mm-hmm. It's one of the we 100 have, ones. We have narrowed that down. It's one of the green ones. Okay, so now we have like more. 10 choices, mm-hmm. probably. <laughs> this is a good podcast. This episode is brought to you by our friends over at Uni Pizza Ovens, the makers of the very best pizza ovens in the world, which is why they are number one. They make surprisingly small ovens powered by your choice of either wood, charcoal, or gas, so you can make restaurant-quality pizza in your own backyard. To achieve that restaurant quality, you need high, high heat, and that's what Uni Pizza Ovens are all about. You can get up to temperatures of 900 degrees Fahrenheit, 500 degrees Celsius. That's what's going to let you cook this incredible, excellent, tasty pizza in as little as 60 seconds they're super easy to use and super portable they'll fit into any outside space and they have a bunch of models available two that i want to highlight is the unikaru which is where you can actually choose of this one do you want to use wood charcoal or gas or the unikoda 16 i've also been uh 
I'm pretty excited because Uni have been teasing that they've got something new coming, I think, in the next couple of days. Um, like, I think it's like a, a cool new model. So I'm going to keep my eye out for that one. Yeah, Christian's doing some trade shows. So I'm wondering if they they got some stuff coming. They're always doing that kind of stuff. They're yeah, a big, yeah, yeah. serious company over there. You know? uh, they're, they're big time. <laughs> they are a huge company big now. Time. It's amazing. Uni Pizza Oven start from just $299, and they have free shipping to the US, the UK, and the EU. That's what They also make all the accessories you're going to want, from peels to cutters to oven tables to thermometers, the whole nine yards. And they even have an app of their own to help you perfect your dough recipe and give you loads of pizza-making tips. You should really go and check out one of these for yourself. Like, who doesn't want to make great pizza? And who doesn't want to make great pizza in such a fun way? Friend of the show, Mark Hackett. So Stephen's brother, Mark helps mm-hmm. us out with the videos when we, when we, you know, Paul and out used to do live pen show uh, recordings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark just got an uni pizza oven of his own and absolutely adores it. Mark's a great nice. cook and he's just been doing some awesome stuff with that thing. Because what you can do with an uni pizza oven. And you can get 10% off an uni pizza oven purchase of your own uh, just by using the code ADDICT2023 at checkout at uni.com, O-O-N-I.com. Everybody wants to make excellent pizza at home, so why don't you do it yourself? Go to uni.com, O-O-N-I.com, and use the code ADDICT2023 for 10% off. Uni pizza ovens are the best way to bring restaurant quality pizza to your own backyard. Our thanks to Uni Pizza Ovens for their support of this show and Relay FM. It's pretty much uni pizza oven season here. Um, mm-hmm. The weather's been like exceedingly warm. And I think this year, and there's probably something on the uni site that that, that would clear this up for me and, and tell me that it's okay to do. I think I want to make some like toasted sandwiches in there. Like You can do all kinds of stuff. Build build the sandwich, throw Give it, it in go. there for 30 seconds and, and toast it. I think that would be kind of amazing. So they I haven't have done like that yet. So. Things that you can buy to make steak and stuff in there. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. That's awesome. They've got loads of things. All right. Speaking of uh, something you can do lots of things with, have you ever thought about having a signature makeover, Mike? Like your your signature. I know you sign lots of professional documents. Like, have you ever thought about like oh, needing it, to baby. like work on your signature? You oh. did a signature makeover. Well, I did one of my own many many years ago. So I used <laughs> to have like a full signature. It was like M Hurley, and it was done in this mm-hmm. fun way, right? Mm-hmm. And then I got a job in a bank where I had to sign literally hundreds of things a day. So mm-hmm. it just became a swiggly M as my signature. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> so this article sent to me by a friend of the show, June, says, hate your signature? Try plastic surgery for autographs. And like, that's just a terrible headline. Like, I hate everything about, <laughs> I hate everything about this. Mm-hmm. So what people are doing is hiring a calligrapher for a name signature makeover. Right. So you'll have to go read this article to understand, but I'm just going to read like this little bit. It says um, Priscilla Molina in Los Angeles does a minimum of 300 custom signatures a month offering packages that include up to three ways to sign limited drafts or a new set of initials. And she charges between 10 and $55. (laughs) And like, I'm like, so do, do, does Priscilla write, your signature for you because you still have to practice doing this right and like are you just getting the well, signature and like about this writing over and this. over and over so this is sometimes you could, and you commit to practicing your own preferred version sometimes using a stencil for muscle memory so you could you right could train it. but here's what i think you would use this for digital mm-hmm. signatures so like i have a bunch of documents that have to sign them right mm-hmm. you could yeah. apply a digital file instead so you could have one of these signature writers make a beautiful signature for you and then you just like paste it into documents. But who's ever going to see that? Like you want it on the real, you want the real deal, right? Oh, I, buddy, I'm sending contracts backwards and forwards like you wouldn't believe, right? Ooh, sorry, big business You know guy. what I'm saying? Well, actually, I don't anymore, but I used to. Lord business. Lord, Lord business over here. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm so Lord business, I don't even sign my own documents anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but... <laughs> No, I like this is a thing that lots of people do, right? Like DocuSigns and stuff like that, right? Oh, no, I know. I'm, it's and you get season, signatures on them. You can see the signature. Yeah. In Miami, cargo pilot Juan Herrera decided to pursue a new signature makeover after his wife gave him a $750 Mont Blanc pen and he realized my signature looks like my daughter's signature in fourth grade. Get over right. it, Juan. Go practice. Like, this is lame. Well, I'm sorry. Juan's going to practice, but they need the inspiration first. 
<laughs> this is so interesting to mm-hmm. me. I, sh- I I guess this is my new this is my new side hustle, Mike. I'm gonna do signature makeovers. There you I go. Mean, Done. If people want block cap signatures. I guess. Yeah, I'm in. To you. Yeah, exactly. Me and Mike Giant. You don't know him. You'll have to look that up. But he does oh, great well. block signature, no block way. signature writing. All right. So anyway, I thought I had to include this because it's kind of like breaking my brain a little bit. It's like I get it. I was like I, but like, do we have to? Like, we don't. We don't. All right. Changing the subject. Yeah. Top five wooden pencils update, Mike. I know you have been waiting for this. Oh, I've been on tenterhooks for this one. <laughs> I, but I, it's not necessarily that I wanted to discuss the top five pencils uh, per se, even though I I do, it's that I have completed the refresh of the top five pins page, which includes the top five wooden pencils. That was the last update I was going to make to the page. It's taken obviously several months to get through, but Mm -hmm. um, it's good. So I just wanted to run these down real quick. Just in time to start again. I know, I know. I know. Well, <laughs> I we'll think see, I've the made problem... this joke before, but it is like the idea of painting the Golden Gate Bridge, right? Now well, you've, the... you've gotten to the end of it, so it's now time to start mm-hmm. again. So by the time I started, I don't know, it was like in the fall, and the time I finished, we have things like, hey, guess what? The Narwhal Original Plus is pretty good, right? It might rank somewhere in some list now, right? So it's like you really have to, but I, I purposefully don't update these things as like pins mm-hmm. come out. Like I, I got to spend more time with things, but you're, you're exactly right. Um, some of the most popular lists, like the starter fountain pens and the next fountain pens, that's where a lot of the movement really is. So those should be updated probably like once a year, just like definitively. And then some other things like the pencils, I thought I would have a lot more movement in this. And I actually delayed doing this because I wanted to think about it and research it a little bit more. And there's not, there's not a lot of movement in wooden pencils in that market. There's not a lot of new standard, you know, like HB core pencils coming out on the market. You know, everything coming out now is, you know, a a new paint job on pencils and things like that, right? Like, which Blackwing has made, like, really, really popular. But, like, the core pencils are still the core pencils that are very, very good. And number one is the best core pencil there is. It's the Mitsubishi Office 9850. This is a classic, classic pencil. Um, I've used it for years. It took me forever to review it. I just kept forgetting to review it. And previously, the number two pencil on this list, the Blackwing 602, I'm not going to argue if you want that for number one. Like, I, it was number one in this list forever. But the 9850 costs about a dollar less per pencil. And the Blackwing's more in the premium pencil range. So if I'm recommending someone says to, to me, Brad, I want to try out fancy pencils. Um, where should I start? Well, I have no problem recommending the 9850. But the cool thing about pencils is you could buy like all five of these pencils for less than $10 and just try them all and see what you like because there are good differences between them. I find the 9850 to be super consistent, super enjoyable. The reason why I put it ahead of the 602 is when I do like a blind writing test just to like feel the graphite, I will do like blind tests and you can't do this with a lot of pens or fountain pens. You can tell what they are, but with pencils, you can kind of work your way around it the 9850, I keep wanting it to not stand up to the premium ones like the 602 or the Tombow Mono 100, which we'll talk about in a minute. And it does. It, like Every time I do it, I think it's like it's a more expensive pencil than it is. And that's what made me put it at number one on this update ahead of the Blackwing 602. But like, like I will not argue the 602 as you know number one either i think it's a one in one a type of situation Mm -hmm. so they're both great they're just at a the 9850 is at the standard price point and the 602 is at the premium price point which is literally like a dollar between them um which is nothing in the grand scheme of things i could Um, imagine somebody maybe choosing um the blackwing just for visuals like exactly the mitsubishi is very classic but it's not very like exciting you know Mm mm-hmm um, exactly. So I could imagine someone being like, oh, I'll get one of the black wings because I can get them in a bunch of fun designs. Yep. And that's what led me to number three on the list was my first fancy pencil was the aesthetic of the Tombow Mono 100. I think it's the most beautiful pencil on the market. Um, I, I just prefer the writing experience of the 9850 and the 602. I think the Mono is just the classic, beautiful woodcase pencil. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like, classic but modern at the same time somehow they've worked their magic on their design magic on the aesthetic of it 
and then just like it feels great to write with right it is it's just a beautiful beautiful pencil um so yeah it's great and then what's funny is tombo's office pencil like the mitsubishi office is the 2558 and it that one is like again less than half the price of the Tombow Mono 100, the premium Tombow pencil. The 2558 is the standard awesome uh, uh, office pencil, and it's it's just fantastic, right? It's like another dollar pencil, right? Yeah. It's yeah. again like the category is one dollar pencils or like two dollar and fifty cent pencils, right? It's like standard pricing or premium pricing, and we're not talking about a big difference. But if you're buying a dozen pencils, right, these are very disposable items. Like you just use use them up. You know that price point will matter if you're like a bulk user. But to like most people, like you know, it's not going to really matter. Um, the last one is kind of newish in my testing. I was trying to think about okay, what other pencils? Like I was pretty confident in the top four. The fifth one is the Faber-Castell 9000. And that one, I think when I was doing my testing, trying to redo this list, that one surprised me the most of all the pencils like I haven't been using regularly to where I thought it, w- it separated itself enough from some other standards like, you know, the Statler Mars Lumograph or any other Faber-Castells or a lot of Caran d'Ache's to where I, I thought it was unique enough to to land in in this list. And I'm actually going to start using it more just to kind of solidify that um, there. There's one, two pencils fell off this list. Mm. One is the Caran d'Ache. It's a great pencil, but like it's just at $5. I don't think it's better than any of these other pencils on there. It's enjoyable to use and it's a unique experience, but like it's fine. The pencil that I think would on this list if you could get it is the camel hb i think it's one of my personal favorite pencils i think it's one of the great pencils on the market and it is just not available right now like i i put it in the notes section that if you could go to a website and purchase this pencil like i could point someone to um without you know, like jumping through too many hoops to go buy this pencil it would be number three on the list mm. uh, ahead of the tombow mono 100 it's that good of a pencil it's that unique it's kind of has this weird integrated eraser that i didn't think was going to work but it works exceptionally well um that would be my number three pencil and then really once you get through these top four top five you could put in like the next 15 or 20 pencils it's just personal preference right that's this is this is one of those categories that has like a super long tail with not a lot of drop off right there's almost no drop off from like 5 to 20 on the list are very interchangeable where there's mm-hmm. other categories like a ballpoint pen category or a fountain pen category there's going to be a drastic drop off once you get a little bit past the top 5 you're not going to find that in wooden pencils um you know i think there's a clear number 4 here and then 5 through 20 are interchangeable in in my book so that's that's the update and that's where we're at with the top five pins page i think i think we're good on that for at least the rest of this year we'll see yeah we'll see we'll see (laughs) and if if, if companies keep uh bringing out new pins like the uh like the narwhal here um we might have to update some of those and that's okay like i had to get through the the full update that way i can pick and choose like if something like really drastic happens i can just update a singular list without having to go through the whole thing so feel pretty good about it Hey Brad. Yes, sir. Raw Geek. It's Raw Geek. <laughs> okay, I know exactly what you're talking about. That is one of those um It's a great meme. Great. It's a great meme uh-huh. where if you're not you'll have to put the link in the show notes. Oh yeah. Um there's several different um racing teams that <laughs> have done the Raw Geek. <laughs> it started in fr- with Ferrari in mm-hmm. July 2020. They okay. published a poster that said it was supposed to say race week, but mm-hmm. they laid it out in such a way that <laughs> it looked like it said R-A-W-E-C-E-E-K, Rookie. Yep. This is where this comes from, and it is now a, uh, it is now like a, just a meme. Uh, yeah, the Haas no one. grocery bag one this yeah. week was fantastic. 
I did not see that. I'll need to find that. So, oh yeah. So the Haas did a grocery bag one where like Nico's holding a bag that's on the on the right that says R A C E on it in the <laughs> in the raw, and then Kevin has the other side uh, W E E K on his bag, but it's it's designed to be like the the raw seek. <laughs> raw kick. And so it is race week around here. That's a big deal. Like we mm-hmm. are back on it. It's time to go. Uh, very excited because like, they did a Chipotle meme. That was what they were doing. Cause yeah, that's what it was. A Chipotle yeah. bags. It was Chipotle yeah. bags. Yep, yep. So it was great. Um, so I wanted to use this opportunity to do talk about a couple of things. Uh, one, back markers is back, baby. Yeah, baby. I'm gonna be back. So what's what's the schedule? Uh, I won't spoil the schedule just yet, but we are going to okay. be having our first episode uh, of the season, kind of our preview episode. Yeah. As today, we're recording it on Thursday the 2nd. Uh, It will Mm -hmm. be live, available for everybody. We're going to stream it live, and it will be out uh, momentarily afterwards in the podcast feed. Um, And we're going to be doing our preseason, so like what we're expecting from what we've seen and what we're hoping. We're going to do our predictions for the season. We're going to be talking about Drive to Survive, Mm -hmm. because the fifth season has just finished, Drive to Survive. And we're also going to be ranking the liveries, as uh, we like to do. So lots of an action-packed episode to get you set for the Formula yeah. 1 season for twenty. I can't wait for that. Hopefully, I'm going to get to tune in live. We'll see. We'll see. But I, I'm excited. I it's There's nothing better than preseason for any like sports you follow. And like the preseason is where everyone uh, has hope and everyone has a chance. Yep. And uh, it's it's just the funnest time of, well, of any everyone. season, I think. <laughs> it's not looking most, great overall. Most, yeah, mostly everyone. We're not going to mm-hmm. talk about some of these teams. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll we'll let y'all do that tomorrow. But what I wanted to do is uh, share with you the new uh, Ferrari Mont Blanc, Mike. Um, I put this in refill a couple of weeks ago, and I figured today would be a good day to bring it to the podcast in case you didn't see it. So this is the uh, Mont Blanc Ferrari Stilema SP3. It costs twenty five thousand euros. Where am I? It's twenty eight thousand. You know who they need to get on this, Brad? They need to Hmm. get Montegrappa on the case. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like it would have a hidden helmet in there somewhere, (laughs) and like you know, (laughs) maybe some raw seek in there. (laughs) Um, So, what do you think about this pen in general? Give me your breakdown of the Stilema. It's fine. See, I'm I'm the opposite. Like, it's either absolutely amazing or horrible, right? And you're in the middle, and I'm on the extremes. Uh, it's either like absolutely unbelievably cool, or just com- so bad. Like with this brake light situation going on here, that I can't stand it. And I think I'm more in the latter. Like I'm not even in the end fine and fine category Uh, i think it's it's pretty bad it's fine i don't like it that's kind Mm -hmm. of where i am with it it's like i can look at this and be like i have no doubt that there are some people that love this but Mm -hmm. i don't right so yeah like this is this is one of those this isn't even in the montegrappa category i think that it's going to do well like this is way outrageous more than that but like it's going to do well for like the people who are buying this right like ferrari if nothing else ferrari will just buy them all and, and give them to people but the the red acrylic insert like that looks great on paper right and it probably looks great on the desk and and they even say that it's not a pin for the pocket but a pin for the desk it's like i get it but it, like it's got a clip and everything I, like i'm just like what is happening with this it's like i don't know but then i look at it and look at all these pictures like that's eh, kind of cool too so I like I don't think it's fine. I'm either all of the way in or all the way out and I I don't know which. I don't know which. I think I'm lean more to all the way out, but it's I it's feel so like cool if you have see, to cool ask to the question, about. you're not mm-hmm. all the way in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know? I think you're you're probably right. You're probably right. So, if you had to build a pen, can you can you without spoiling like I I already probably know what your favorite livery is this year. Um, if you were Montegrappa and you were making a pen, would you pick Ferrari to to make the pen around and and have like the different colors? Like, what what manufacturer would you want to build a pen around based on like this year's livery? Hmm. I don't necessarily think it's. I would 
Well, you see, I wouldn't necessarily go on what my favorite livery is there because mm-hmm. I don't know if that like if that holds up in the same way to what would be an interesting pen design. Right, that's you got to think of it from a pen perspective. Yeah, so if I'm going just from a pen perspective, I think maybe. Th- honestly, I think Alpine would probably be pretty good. The pink and blue. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think like two years in a row, I think I'm just on the, the Aston uh, color scheme with yeah, the, yeah. the dark green and the lime green. Mm-hmm. I think in a pen would look pretty hot and like yeah. there's not a lot of people that do that combination and whenever they do, it looks pretty good. But I, the Alpine would be unique and interesting, right? Like like we're definitely not going to go like your basic reds and blacks, like the Ferraris and the Alphas. Um, the full black Mercedes is obviously sick, but like that's literally every pen that's blacked out, right um mclaren looks like vomit and i which i hate to say um like i don't want a pen anywhere near that (laughs) anywhere near their design right now so yeah like it's i i think it would be like it's probably like alpine or um uh, aston martin for me so interesting interesting i'll have to i'll have to work on some more green and lime green uh spoke icons because i think that's a cool cool setup All right, this episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN. You may have heard me talk about how important it can be to have a VPN to protect your privacy online. So choosing a VPN that you trust is incredibly important. There are tons of VPN providers out there. The reason I use ExpressVPN and we have them as a sponsor is because they're good. ExpressVPN doesn't log your activity. Lots of VPNs could make money selling your data to advertisers. ExpressVPN can't do this because of the technology that they use called Trusted trusted Server. It makes their servers incapable of storing any data, so there's no data to sell. It's also incredibly fast. It uses a technology called Lightway, which is a VPN protocol ExpressVPN engineered to make users' speeds faster than ever. Sometimes a VPN can slow your connection down. ExpressVPN doesn't, even if you're streaming video in HD quality with zero buffering. The last thing that really sets ExpressVPN apart is how easy it is to use. You don't need to have any technical skills to get it set up. Just fire up the app and tap one button to connect. That's it. You know, like talking about uh, watching F1. So if we're traveling <laughs> Literally the world, thinking about this. <laughs> right? We've had situations in the past where, you know, we're in a hotel and the hotel doesn't have ESPN or whatever. So... We can't watch it unless what we do is fire up ExpressVPN and we use the service that we use at home over the VPN to just tell, like, tells the service, oh, we're in London, we're not actually wherever we are, and we've been able to watch races that way. So ExpressVPN makes sure that I keep up to date with what's going on all year. CNET, The Verge, Business Insider, and many other tech sites have rated ExpressVPN the number one VPN in the world. So protect yourself with the VPN that I use and trust myself. Go to expressvpn.com slash penaddict and get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash penaddict, E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash penaddict to learn more. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for the support of this show and Relay FM. All right, shout out of the week. I've been on the OG train of shout outs, and I'm going to keep that up this right. week with with my buddy Johnny Gamber over at P- Pencil Revolution, which is now Pencil Revolution Press. So the old Pencil Revolution blog outdates the Penatic blog by like a couple of years. So, like, the Penatic's 15 years. I think Johnny's like around 16, 17. But he's not really blogging anymore, and he's turned uh, kind of Pencil Revolution Press into like a zine maker, which I've often I've talked about uh, Johnny zines here before, and now like a bookbinder. So Pencil Revolution Press Press is now Johnny's outlet for handmade journals, sketchbooks, custom bindings, and all types of things like that around notebook making, book binding, cool cool designs, all handmade by Johnny and crew and crew usually means his daughter. I'm pretty sure, um, in Baltimore. So I just wanted to give him a shout out because I think he's doing amazing work. He is super prolific on making notebooks and just like the content that he constantly cranks out. It's, it's kind of amazing. So I wanted to give everyone an update on pencil revolution and y'all should go check it out and check out uh, Johnny's amazing work uh, with all these notebooks. So it, it's fantastic and I love seeing it. So Very cool. uh, there you go. There you go. Keeping, keeping the OG OG run alive here in the, uh, in the stationary game. All right. All right, one more quick update, and then uh, I guess we'll see if we get to any Ask TPA today. The 
top five pins was a long running project for me and that is complete and i have been passively working on the pen Attic 100 which we'll probably talk about more in depth soon because i've made some headway in this in that my toyoka craft 100 box is my my guideline right mm -hmm. that is my guiding light i want no more than a hundred pens over a hundred dollars that are my like personal pens. And that's kind of the restriction I put on myself um, to help manage my library of pens. So uh, that means I've like sold off a bunch of pens. Um, I need to sell off some more, but I have everything that's in the box in a spreadsheet now, Mike. So we are accounted for, I think there's 84 line items on the spreadsheet so far, but I'm, I'm well over a hundred pens still because there's some more, uh, trays of pins that I need to account for that are expensive, which means I have to thin the herd even more because it's about to be pin show season. I'm going to have three pin shows. Let's see. Baltimore's in like 10 days and that'll start a run of like three pin shows in six or seven weeks. Okay. So like I, this is, this is something I'm committed to. I'm going to continue to work at it. it. It has admittedly been a little bit slow, but it's kind of a big project, right? Like I have to think about like selling pins and which pins I'm not using and then like putting them up uh, for sale and things like that. But the first batch of pins I've sold, I think there were 17 in that batch. Like I probably need to, to figure out another 20 or so to get me in a place to where I can actively like buy things for my own personal collection, which I haven't really done this year. I haven't added anything on a personal level. And there's lots of caveats and nuance into things that land into the Panatic 100, right? So like I don't count things that were like, this is all stuff that I've bought and paid for myself or acquired for myself for my personal use, not like review pens and things like that. There's a lot, there's several exceptions, but I'm trying in general to manage like my overall library of pens and uh, we'll have an update on that here. here uh, I'm going to keep working on it over these next couple months are going to be interesting as I, I start to head out to pen shows and see what's out there on the market. So it should be fun. I am very keen to go through this uh, with mm -hmm. you. As you're going yeah. through it, like I, th I think it would be fun to on the show take it like ten at a time. Okay. Once we're kind, of, once you're kind of in that, because I just think it would be really interesting, and also like yeah. this kind of fascinating look back at the history, yeah, of the show and the blog, like and how that is told through the pens that you're choosing. I'm really excited about this actually. Yeah, and there's a lot of that in there. So I think probably like I need a couple. I need one more big sale before I'd be ready to like say we're pretty close to that to where we could like spend an entire episode going through this process. Um, so yeah, I think it'll be good. Like I'm still like very excited about this, even though I know I've been talking about it for a while. And it's gone very slowly, but like it's a big project and there's just a lot of moving parts to it. So I'm trying to get it to where I'm very comfortable with it. And I think, you know, another month or two um, after another pen sale or so, like I'll start working on that probably in the next week or two. And, starting to pull pins to 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 thin it out a little bit and uh, keep going from there. All right, let's finish off with a couple of Ask TPA questions today. Remember, you've got a bunch of ways you can send these in by email to hello at penaddict.com or you can go to penaddictfeedback.com or use question mark Ask TPA in the RelayFM members Discord. The first one comes from Austin who says, I really enjoy the paper in my Lihit Lab Twist Notebook. And I was wondering if you could recommend an A5 bound notebook with the same or similar paper. I have not used this exact notebook. My guess is looking at this paper, gosh, is there anything special about this? Like, I'm just wondering, I think it's just really like the rings, the rings idea. So, um, Kukuyo and uh, Mormon I would look at because they do the same type of ring systems. And I'm wondering, honestly, where Lihit Lab sources their paper from. And I'm wondering, could it be Kakuyo? Um, possibly. That's at least where I would start because they have the similar type of notebooks. I apologize that I've never actually used this notebook to give you a really great answer. Mm -hmm. um, I'm looking at some images of it. And yeah, like I'd be looking at Kakuyo and Mormon to test. They have very similar products um, and not that everyone uses the same paper source. Um, they definitely don't, but I'm actually pretty curious 
about these and possibly being maybe like a Kukuyo type of paper. So I would start there, look at Kukuyo and Moramon and uh, go from there. And then I will um, order one of these um, the next time I, I order some stationery and I can test it for myself. So um, I will have to uh, do a better job at that and uh, see what I can help out with. And Temp or I asks, I have a handful of entry-level pens, but I'm looking at getting into the $99 to $200 range sometime this coming year. I'm rather taken with the idea of having all my future, future pens be interchangeable, number six nib compatible. I was wondering how much actual variation there is within the number six range as a quasi-standard across the industry, or will I have to limit myself exclusively to a brand like Yoa number six to achieve this? Such a good question. Yep. It's it's very complex. Um, but it's a great idea when you're thinking about, hey, these are the pens I have. What can I do to get the most out of like literally everything, right? And that includes the nib. Because like you you like being you, Mike, like you, for example, have several nibs that are modified. You have some stack design nibs and you're you can interchange them between a few different pens, but you're limited to kind of hey, do I have a Yovo stacked grind? Well, that can only go in the pens with the Yovo fittings, or do I have a Sailor pen? Well, those can only go in the Sailor fittings, right? So you're never—I was almost going to say never, <laughs> but probably you're never going to be able to interchange anything. Let's just say that, even though that could be factually incorrect because you can actually buy different parts and different fittings from um, different websites that will allow, you know, let's, I'm going to make this up. And so don't, don't fact check me to fit a sailor nib into a pilot pen, right? Or different or a sailor nib into a Yovo pen, right? There's companies that will actually like 3D print parts or do that kind of stuff. But I think that's a little bit beyond even what the question's asking. And I I think in the end, you're not going to be able to get just like this complete purity of interchangeable nibs. Um, You can start with some basics like Yovo to have a wider range but as soon as you get into like Japanese pens, like you have to throw all that out the window, right? Um, you know, brands like Leonardo and Montegrappa, they use, Yovo makes their nibs, right? Kaveco, um, they use Yovo nibs, but they're not interchangeable with like Leonardo Montegrappa nibs because they work with Yovo to make their own Kaveco style nib, right? So it's a really complex question. I don't think you're ever going to be able to get like, there. You may not even be able to get 50% there. But what I think you can do is like with anything like this is you want to start small to begin with, right? And if you find a couple things that you enjoy that are compatible, look at what you enjoy the most and try to make the most compatible setup for those few products. Like if it's a specific nib you like and it's a Yovo nib, well, maybe you can have two or three pens that you can swap that nib in and out of or if it's a pen you like maybe you can have two or three nibs that you can swap into that pen and that's kind of how I would look at it as opposed to say hey I have 10 pens and I want to interchange all of it I don't know that you're going to get there without like a serious serious fight and that wouldn't be worth it in my book I would just say like again like I don't know your preferences personally I bet you do not do this as much as you think you will. Like interchange right. nibs and stuff. Like mm-hmm. it might be something that like you have a favorite, but it realistically it's a it's a pain to do. Like mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. not hard, but it's messy most of the right. time. Or like I don't know about you, Brad, but every time I do it, I know what I'm doing, but I'm always like at some point I am going to break something. Right. Like, I do have that feeling every time I'm swapping out a nib or taking out a nib, you know, mm-hmm. to cl- f- thoroughly clean a pen. It's like it is a matter of time until something breaks, right? Like, right. Just because these things are fragile and you are having to put force on them in most right. pens, right? Like it, most of this stuff is friction fit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Luckily, some are screw, which is great, right? Like I have a bunch of pens where you screw in the nib section and that's great, mm-hmm. but it's not always like that. Um, and so, you know, I, I would say I wouldn't limit yourself like this. Um, yeah. Like maybe you could you could have some pens at number sixes, but don't 
necessarily go all in on that as like this is what you're definitely going to do unless mm-hmm. you are 100 percent sure that this is the way that you'll live your life like this feels right. to me like one of those kinds of decisions that i would have made at some point of like i'm only going to do this but realistically it's just not something that you end up doing but that would be my yeah, and- my thing to think about yeah, like I have a higher fidgeting tolerance than you. Like I will mm-hmm. s- swap parts around and move feeds around and nibs around and things like that. But there's a limit to where like I am, I have no interest in, you know, pulling my Aurora nib and trying to jam it in a Twisby. Like some people, like that's just their thing is to uh-huh. like Frankenpin everything. And I'm like, there's, I'm, I don't care that much to do that, right? Yeah. So you'll have to find what your balance point is um, and your tolerance is for like swapping all these parts around and and having so everything works with it, each other. Um, and like, because I just also, it's, like it's too, too fiddly. Don't you want to use the other pens? Yep. You you'll, know? you'll end up with a bunch of spare parts laying around. Yeah, But like if you buy, like if you buy a, pens and this you're just buying nibs like if you're buying specialty nibs of course right like that makes yes. sense at that point um but use the other pens too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right if you want to find us online there's a bunch of ways you can do that you can go to penaddict.com and spokedesign.com for brad you can also find brad he is penaddict on mastodon.social I bet you're happy you got that, right? Just pen addict now, isn't that very? Nice that you can so do? I registered in that. If you look at my creation date, it was 2017. So that yeah. I've had for a while. Yeah. Uh, you can also find Brad streaming multiple times a week over at twitch.tv slash pen addict. Uh, you can find me online here at Relay FM. Of course, I host many shows. Uh, I am iMike on mike.social. And you can also find my products over at cortexbrand.com. Uh, thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. Thank you to Uni and ExpressVPN for their support of this episode. But most of all, thank you for listening. Until next time, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. <laughs>